Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, Mike Lynch here. Hey, and I'm Patrick Harris. You probably like baseball, which is why you're listening to this. This is the uh, Hot Corner Podcast. Well, I kind of like baseball. I guess I'll tune in. Baseball's pretty neat, so... Thanks for listening. This is brought to you by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right thing since 1952. Woo, baseball! It's time for the second game of our radio doubleheader. I believe there ought to be a constitutional amendment outlawing AstroTurf and the designated hitter. The inside story on baseball and more. Okay, I'm going to throw you something called a screwball. It's an old school thing. That's going to look like it's coming right at you. It's going to drop right off the table so you don't bail out. you got to stick in there. You see what I'm saying? This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080. All right, kid. You had a helmet on. Imagine if you didn't. The Fan. Hour 2 of 2 here on Hot Corner on 1080 The Fan. It is a Mike and Joe edition today. He Harris should be back next week. He is uh, out of town with his other job. But uh, we went to uh, the bullpen and decided to bring on the biggest friend of the show, probably the only friend of the show, to be honest, and John Sukanik. Hi, John. I'm a little upset right now with both of you. Why? Because you waited till 8 o'clock to have me on so you get an extra an hour of service time. You manipulated my <laughs> service time. If I came on at 7, I'd get credit for the full show. But if you hold me down till 8, then you get me for another segment. That's a little BS. He's right. We could have got that extra ratings boost right at the beginning of the show instead of fast food talk. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm ready. I, I feel like we got a lot on. of people talking fast food with us, though, Joe. We, we, we did. I was ready to come on at 7, but you guys held me down till 8, so I think that's unfair. I feel like you should uh, respect our decision to talk fast food for a segment and a half, John. <laughs> fair, fair enough. I, you know what? Reality was I probably wasn't ready for the big time, so I'm happy to be on and join you fine gentlemen right now. So the reason I'm bringing you on, and I know you tweeted about this, and I know you probably don't want to talk about this, but we're going to make you because you're on the radio with us. And that is Baseball America came out with a nice little article, uh, what, a week or two ago at this point? Yep, and yep. they named your Seattle Mariners as the number one farm system in baseball in the Baseball America's organization talent rankings. And the how reason, about that? the reason, how about that? the reason this is important, how about that indeed, is 16 of the 17 teams. Since 2005, who have been named as the number one farm system made the playoffs within two years of that designation. And the only team that didn't was the Royals, who in years three and four 
made the World Series. <laughs> I love that. I love that. The only team that didn't made the World Series a year later and did it twice. I think that's fantastic. So how are you feeling about this, John? Like, I mean, we've been loosely following the Mariners farm system on the show and you've talked about it, but they've gotten themselves up to number one. And all of a sudden, is Jerry DePoto a genius? Like, look at the look at where you guys are moving now. Well, it, it's certainly fun, right? Whatever you think of of player rankings and farm systems, it, it's certainly better to be at the top of the list than at the bottom, where Seattle has typically been um, prior to DePoto. So, you know, I, I was kind of tongue in cheek tweeting out that I'm the Mariners have reached the point where I'm tired of hearing how good the farm system is. I want those players to come up and be good in Seattle. And we haven't really seen that yet. We're just starting to. Logan Gilbert looked pretty decent. You know, Kelnick struggled famously, obviously, but had a really good uh, end of August and September. So we're starting to see it. Talent's there. More is coming. It's certainly fun to see those rankings. And, and, and the stat you mentioned is the one that, like, that's not, that's not a small sample size, right? I mean, 16 out of 17. Yeah. We, jo- we joked about the Royals. So it's. It's pretty much. It's really sure 17 thing. out of 17. Yeah. Right. It's pretty much a sure thing that if you can ascend to the rankings uh, where the Mariners farm system is now, the playoffs are coming. And then you mix in some stuff like, you know, the Astros might be headed down a little bit. The Angels are struggling. The A's are looking to sell off. They're talking about expanding the playoffs. It sure feels like the Mariners are going to break that uh, hideous playoff list streak here sooner than later. But. You know, I guess if I had to be a Debbie Downer and caution anybody, I would say the hardest part of a rebuild is is that finishing touch, is transitioning those that talent to the major league level and then filling in with veterans and good players now. And that's the one thing DePoto hasn't done yet. I give him all the credit in the world, you guys. He has they said they were gonna rebuild the farm system and he has. They're ranked number one. Now let's see if we can finish the puzzle. And that's, if I'm going to be a little nervous, that's where I'm nervous. Well, but I mean, before the lockout, there was a lot of chatter around a couple of the big names on the market that were potentially tied to the Mariners. And if that's the case, I mean, obviously it might not happen. Obviously there's a lot of these guys have suitors from all over the league, but I mean, if you're, if you're tied to them now, the Chris Bryant's or the Trevor stories or whoever else is out there that you, that you've heard. Right. I mean, is that not the right, the, the exact sign that you need that even if they don't get Chris Bryant this year, that those players are now interested in Seattle again because of what they've seen. Right. And, and I think I, I you know, the lockout sucks, right? We're all baseball fans and this lockout is horrible and, and we all want baseball back. It's, in, it's incredibly frustrating for Mariner fans because this is it, right? Like we, they won 90 games last year. They won more than the world champion Braves. And, and uh, this is, you know, every, all the talk, right? That we're going to spend, we're going to go get good players. And they, and they do it. They go get Robbie Ray, the Cy Young winner. They go get an ace and they trade for Adam Frazier. They're doing it. And then the, the lockout happens and there's a, a big giant wet blanket thrown all on, on all of that. So I'm, I'm incredibly excited that they're linked to guys seriously like Trevor Story, Chris Bryant, and, and Suzuki, the, the kid coming over from Japan. Um, but it, it, I want to see it, right? I want to see it happen. It's, it's tantalizing, but let's finish this. Let's bring in those players, and then let's go for it. And they're right there, and then the lockout happens. So um, incredibly exciting time to be a Mariner fan, but also frustrating because we're just, we just want to see it, and it's not quite there. 
one other little stat that was in this article for those of you who didn't see it. Uh, 15 of the last 17 teams to have the top-ranked farm system have made multiple playoff appearances within five years of that ranking. Padres can make it 16 if they make the playoffs again anytime in the next three years. So not only is it like, uh, oh, you'll make the playoffs, it's uh, you're going to be a playoff contending team for five years, which is which is pretty 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 exciting for well for you guys yeah, and, <laughs> and it, it feels like it mike it, it really does and and again i've i've been critical of depoto i've been critical of him on your show um you know on twitter certainly but you know you got to give him credit he said at the beginning when they went to do the rebuild he said you know we need to because people forget right they weren't awful the year before they did the rebuild they won 80 87 or 88 games they were they were in the race till the very end mm-hmm. And so they didn't. They weren't hideous. And Depoto said, "We're not built to sustain this long term. And if we're going to compete long term, we need to blow it up and do a rebuild." And everybody was like, "Oh my gosh!" Well, it, it looks like he's done that, and he has set up the the farm system. And to an extent, some of the guys in the big leagues too. You know, I believe him. When, when you look at the Mariners and you read the National Writers, and they say, "Hey, this team is is positioned to be try one of the." John Heyman, I think it was one of the national writers used to quote that I, that I really liked. He said, the Mariners are going to be trouble for a lot of people for a long time. Mm. And that's exciting to me. <laughs> because that's usually not, that's usually not what happens. So um, again, I, I feel like if you're out there and you're thinking of jumping on the Mariner bandwagon, do it now while there's seats, because I feel like we're trending in the right direction. Mm. Are you going to get season tickets, John? <laughs> Mike, if I lived an hour closer, I would have season tickets. It's just okay. Joe, Joe was talking about going up to a game, and, and I love – it's my favorite place to be. I go up as often as I can. I get up to, oh, maybe you know 10 to 15 games a year, which is a lot coming from down here, but it's a full meal deal, right? It's three hours up, and it's all day, and it's you know money and parking and food and gas, and it, it's a whole thing. And if I was an hour to an hour and a half closer – I would buy season tickets and I would go as often as I can, but I'm just, I'm, I'm too far away to do that. But I, I try to get up to 10, 12 ish, 15 games a year. And I'll certainly try that again here in 22. All right, John, I'm going to ask it a different way. The Mariners are now a perennial 95 to hundred win team and are making the playoffs every year and competing for the AFC West. Are you buying season tickets <laughs> or the a- AL West? Sorry. Football I, in the brain. You know what? If Two things. If I could get, if I could get a group of people to go in with me and mm. split them, I would probably consider doing it. Oh, that'd be cool. Or, or if they got to a point where, you know, like the Seahawks, right? You could buy Seahawk tickets and, and go to one game and you'd have no trouble selling the other eight. And if I could get to the point where I could unload enough of the Mariner tickets I didn't use where I could make it worth my while, I would certainly do it. But, um, you know, I, I think I'm a little too far. I, I did look into, you know, the All-Star Games come in, in 23. And I did look into, because they, they sell it if you buy season tickets or a season ticket package, then you get priority and you can buy All-Star tickets. So I did look into, is it worth getting some, like the lowest level of season tickets just so that I can try to get mm-hmm. All-Star tickets in two years? And the stupid Mariners, like, you got to pay like $800 now and then $800 in six months and then another eight. I mean, it's not going to be cheap or easy to end up with all-star game tickets. So I'll probably just have to do it the hard way and scalp them. <laughs> well, I'm assuming that you're quite good at doing that at this point as well. 
I will try. I yeah. will give it my best effort to be there. Uh, one more before we let you go, John. Do you, in your heart of hearts, believe Scott Service is the right guy? I. It's funny. It's a, that's funny, and you know. Again, I've been on the show enough, and we talk enough. You know that I have been super critical of Service uh-huh. up until up until this year. I would have said no, and I would have said no without hesitation. But I think he's the right guy, and and I credit him for building whatever he does. Right, the Mariners overachieved this year. They shouldn't have won paper. They were not a 90-win team, negative 50-run differential, all that stuff. But I watch every game. I watch the players talk after the game. I watch. He has created, whatever he's done, he has created a culture in that clubhouse that those guys like him and play hard for him. And I don't know what that is. His bullpen strategy doesn't crazy. I don't agree with all his moves. But he has that team in the right mental frame where they play hard for him. And you can't. That's the intangible. So uh, a long-winded answer, but, yeah, for the first time in his tenure, uh, I'm a full-service believer. I think he's the right guy. Well, I hope for you and all Mariner fans' sake, John, that uh, this does mean that you see the playoffs for the first time, either this coming season if we have it or next season, and uh, you, you can break you the know streak. What, Mike? I couldn't be more excited right now. I hope that happens, but you, you know as well as I do, that the most Mariner thing in the world would be if I come on your show four years, five years from now, and the stat is 17 out of 18 teams have made the playoffs, and the one that didn't, dot, dot, dot. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Let's hope we're right there. And uh, go Mariners. Well, to, to make you have a little bit more hope, John, it's a soccer reference, but today my team in the Premier League was playing we blew a 2-1 lead and i went man that's the most southampton thing ever we dominated the game and it was and we lost the, and we lost the game they scored two goals in 2 minutes and won the game 3 to 2 if it can happen to them it can happen to the mariners <laughs> it can mike we're right here the cincinnati the cincinnati bengals are in the super bowl the bengals are in the super bowl <laughs> If that can happen, we can win the American League West, right? We can do that. Absolutely. All right, John, uh, I'll talk to you Friday. Remember, no call on primetime tomorrow. I'll talk to you Friday. All right, see you guys. Thanks Thanks. for having me on. Go Mariners. (laughs) Go M's. Thank you, John. Yeah, uh, those stats are kind of mind-blowing to me that the number one ranked farm systems are that consistently making the playoffs that quickly. That's incredible to me. Yeah, when I saw that list and – you know, it was definitely eye popping because you would think that like, oh, 10 out of the last 17, like not every single damn year. I mean, that is really impressive. And honestly, I'm I'm on the Mariners bandwagon this year after how they finished last season. Now the team's looking. I think they can make it 18 out of 18. Well, and if you look at the list, in reality, only one of those teams that was uh, part of the stat didn't wind up being that great. And that was the 2006 Diamondbacks. They made the playoffs the next year, but that was it. But if you look through it, it's like made playoffs four of next seven seasons, made playoffs four of next six, made playoffs five of next eight, three of next four, two of next five, five of next eight. Like most of these teams outside of a couple become yearly playoff competitors for at least half a decade, if not a whole decade. And for a Mariners team that hasn't made the playoffs since 2001, that would be like that would be like having the best tasting water over and over and over and over again, and you feel the most refreshed for forever. Like that would <laughs> it would be like you finally got out of the desert, and and someone was like, "Here's a bottle of Poland Spring, enjoy it."
And it's like, oh, my God. Or you moved from L.A. to here. Yeah. And the <laughs> air was clean. Yeah. You drank out of the tap. You're like, you can do this? You can drink out of the tap? <laughs> I still have trouble mentally getting over that because I, I couldn't where I grew up. And it's like, you should just drink the water out of it. I was like, I don't uh, Filter, please? Please? Filter. All right, let's get to a little Blazers talk next, huh? They've made a lot of trades in the last few days. More might be coming, too, as the deadline is tomorrow at noon. This is Hot Corner on the fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. 503-250-1080 is the text line. We're going to chat some Blazers here quickly, though. This text came in. If the Mariners can sign long-term only one, who? Chris Bryant, Trevor Story, or uh, uh, Sukiyaki, the guy from Japan? I-, I would say Chris Bryant. You you want the versatility of a guy who can play all, all of those positions. I think that's that's the winner of that. I mean, Story would be good. There's obviously the questions about whether or not he could hit after leaving cores, but the last few Rockies who have left have done just fine. Um, I don't know enough about the the guy from Japan to give you a real answer on that, but there's always risk bringing someone over from Japan or Korea because the game is just better. And some of the players will pick it up and some will not, or they'll take a longer time to do it. So I would say Chris Bryant. I mean, he played great for the Giants last year after getting out of Chicago and you get him infield, outfield, wherever you want to play him, DH even, you know, in the American League. And I think that's who I would pick for sure. I would go with the Japanese guy because you don't want to get spurned on uh, the second Japanese transport. Well, I mean, this guy is not supposed to be Shohei, right? (laughs) Like he's not supposed to be amazing, is he? No, but just don't take the chance. (laughs) Well, if you only pick one, I'm taking Chris Bryant. Yeah, take the sure thing. Um, Okay, so the Blazers have been making all of the NBA headlines this week, which is nice for a change. The amount of times that you've gone through a trade deadline as a Blazers fan or Blazers follower at the very least with the hope that something would happen, especially when they were in playoff positions and on the cusp of being something better, and usually it was a snoozer. This year, it finally isn't. It's going into the deadline. Everyone was like, well, the Blazers kind of suck and they're going to need to make some moves. And, you know, old Shea's gone, new regime, and let's see what they do. And boy, am I 
really enjoying what I've seen so far from Joe Cronin. He basically went, yeah, all these things that Olshay did, they're gone now. I mean, outside of a couple of the draft picks that Olshay hit in Simons and Little, and I, I always give Olshay credit for this, his late first, early second round draft acumen was like untouchable. <laughs> Every guy that he got at that range turned out to be something in the league at some level, you know, <laughs> Gary Trent Jr. included, even though he traded him away and Will Barton and Alan Crabb and Nasir Little and, and Anthony Simons. And then, you know, from that late first, early second, he was really, really good. And even Greg Brown looks pretty good in the, in the limited time that he's had for the Blazers so far. We'll see a lot more of him in the next uh, couple of months. But Joe Cronin basically just took one of those old-timey cartoon TNT things to the roster and was like, yeah, we're going to go full reset. And I love it. And I absolutely love it. And I think the thing that I love the most is that you have to look a little bit deeper to see what he's doing. But he seems like a mad scientist with the cap situation and the contracts. We always heard, always heard, we heard when he was named the interim GM that he was like a cap wizard. But every player that the Blazers have gotten in these deals has had a unique contract or an expiring deal or something that is beneficial to other teams if they are sending these players then away to somebody else to to rebuild the roster. And because of that, I'm like, head over heels about the way he's kind of doing it. I think it's really, really fascinating. I'm yeah. Just above like happy in like, it's just words can't describe how, like how much stress was lifted off the shoulders just yesterday with the CJ McCollum trade. I mean, that has been clamored for, for the last three, four, five seasons now. I mean, getting a, Everybody was upset with the Covington and Powell trade at first because it felt like nothing came back in return. And then the trade happened yesterday with CJ, and there was plenty of people that felt ill about that because they felt like there wasn't a lot in return. But I think that for the people that aren't happy about it, they are just way too blazer maniac and way too... I love our guys and how come we're only getting this much? And are you kidding me? CJ was having an all-star season last year before the injury. And look how good he is averaging 20 points and Norman Powell. We just gave him all this money last year and he's traded Trent for him. He's great. Yeah, exactly. And he's great. What the hell? And what I love about this is like, basically when you get out of like a toxic relationship with someone is you have to get rid of everything that, reminds you of them everything that they bought for you you don't want anything around the house that even just brings up any sort of memory or even if you thought it was a good idea at the time just get rid of it start over start fresh completely and for everybody also saying that all right well they're going to get set up with this much cap room going into the offseason well there are no players that come to portland in free agency that doesn't matter because you still have all that flexibility. Of course, said the magic word, the Neil O'Shea mm-hmm. flexibility word there. In a vacuum. To take on big contracts for really, really good players out there. In trades, yeah. Yes. That's, that's you can the make thing. those moves and you can take on those contracts now. Two things from what you said. One, it has become readily apparent that the rest of the NBA did not view the players on the Blazers the same way that some fans did Shocker. and that old Shea sold it. 
you have to think of it this way because you're right <laughs> to go in a vacuum. The, the CJ trade was not great, right? You gave up a 22 point a, a night guy for a bunch of spare parts and Josh Hart and two of those players. You already traded. Right. And, and, and a first round pick yeah. that, that is a, a lottery pick most likely this year. If, if it hits the way it should, um, the Blazers had reportedly like three or four teams interested in CJ. We heard the Knicks were mentioned. We heard the Pelicans for a long time. And then there were a couple others that they didn't mention the name of, but like I know, multiple teams are, are in on CJ. I think the Hawks were one that was mentioned once. Um, if you have that many teams in on your player, and it's not like a ton of teams, but it's not one. If you have multiple teams in on a player, more than two, and the one you picked was the Pelicans deal, that shows you how CJ is valued across the league. Some of that is because his contract is awful. Like it's re- a lot of money for a guy who's not an all-star. The other part of it is that CJ is who he is. He's an elite scorer, and that's it. And he dribbles the ball too much and he doesn't pass and he's a terrible defender, you know, all those things, right? We love CJ here. He was, he was great for a long time. And if you read Jason Quick's piece in the athletic today, you know, he, he was like Damon CJ rolls off the tongue. Every blazer fan, every person talking about the blazer, Damon CJ, Damon CJ, Damon CJ. It's, they were a package deal. That's just how it was. And so there, there's of course the attachment to him, but in reality, CJ is a very one-note player, and his value with that contract around the league is about what they got from the Pelicans. The fact that they got a protected first that's likely going to fall in the lottery this year is great. The fact that they got a guy like Josh Hart who Pelican fans are raving about and saying we're really sad to see him go, Blazer fans will love him, and the rest is all just trade fodder, you know, that's probably pretty good considering what other teams were offering for him. Um and it's you said the word flexibility. That's the other thing is I've seen this on the text line a couple of times. It's been tweeted to me a couple of times who, who cares about all the cap space. Nobody comes here to your point. It's not just about signing free agents. I mean, you might be able to, you might get lucky. It's obviously the history is clearly they are not able to sign free agents, but you know, you never know. But to Joe's point, is it's not about money to sign free agents. It's about money on the books to absorb contracts and trades. And I want to get, do we have fair file, Joe? Are we, or, no. no, okay. So I want to get to this next. And, and this is something that Suk said on primetime today that I hadn't heard. And he said that he he's heard this from some people is the ability to have flexibility to absorb contracts and multi-team deals could land you Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris from the Sixers if they need help in a James Harden trade. So let's get to that next. First, Joe has sports. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. 8.37 here on your Wednesday evening. It's Hot Corner. Mike and Joe today. We spent first hour in first segment of the second hour on the lockout stuff plus burgers and food um and then we are talking blazers now to uh, wrap up the show and i know we want them to lose but uh they can go ahead and win tonight you just want them to beat the lakers any any time it's on the schedule whatever the stipulation is i don't care if they're supposed to lose tank you know supposed to win whatever i mean 
any case in point, always beat the Lakers. Well, especially because AD and LeBron are both playing tonight. Yeah. It'd just be a little little extra funny. Like, you lost to this version of the Blazers? Boy, the Lakers do suck. <laughs> Dude, I watched the game last night, well, a little bit of the first half, and then I turned it off. It was evident how much better the Bucks were than them. You mean a couple nights ago? Last night was magic. No, the Bucks Lakers game last night. Oh, 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 oh. I watched sorry. that on TNT and I watched the first half and I was like, okay, I'm this is it's pretty clear here. One team is very much better than the other. What Russell Westbrook is my god, dude. He fell off a cliff. It, it's it's bad. It's so bad. what we were talking about last segment to lead into this segment is Suk said this. I, I you know, he said sources. I I don't know if it's his sources, but someone he knows has sources. I was like, you have sources now? What the hell is going on? <laughs> um, he said that there is some chatter. Souk bomb. That if the Sixers and Nets cannot come to an agreement between the two of them on a James Harden trade, that they would need to involve other teams. And now that the Blazers have theoretically opened up almost $70 million of cap space, um, if they don't resign Nurk and if they don't resign Josh Hart, that uh, they could be a team to soak up the Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris contracts and help facilitate the James Harden to Philly trade in Philly, giving whatever it is they're giving to the Nets for Harden. And boy, two weeks ago, I was out, out, out on Simmons. Like, do not put that person on the Blazers. <laughs> I feel like I've been out in in on the Ben Simmons idea like six separate times yeah. over the last year. Well, I was in on Simmons the entire beginning of it because I was like, that's exactly what the Blazers need. They need a two guard or a point guard to play defense and pass. That's that's what they need. They don't need him to shoot. They need him to pass and play defense. And he is the best defensive guard in the NBA when he's trying. That's obviously a huge part of this is does Ben Simmons want to play in Portland and would he try, would he show up? I, I don't know. That's the nerve-wracking part about it, but I guess if Dame could talk to him and get, get some assurances about that, then great. But I didn't even think about the Tobias Harris aspect of it. Both of them are on massive contracts, by the way. Uh, Simmons has three years left on his deal, and it's like 32, 35, 40. Harris has a couple years left, and it's in the same range of money. A lot of money for those two players, but that's just the kind of thinking. It doesn't even have to be that specific trade. That's the kind of thinking you should be looking at with the Blazers now have cap space and flexibility. It's not, we're going to go sign Bradley Beal this off season with all the money that we have. It's they have an, a, the ability to take big contracts on in trades and hell, if they can go get Bradley Beal, more power to him, right? I, lo- I love Bradley Beal. I think, I think that would fit. Although, you might feel a little similarly about that with, with CJ. He's just a much better version of CJ. Um, but that is how you should be viewing this as, as you have space and flexibility is all of a sudden there are tons of options on the table to bring in really talented players that better fit a team that will help Damian Lillard try to win an NBA championship. I am very attracted to the idea of getting Jeremy Grant here from the Pistons. You've been saying in your update, they're asking for two firsts. Um, Jeremy Grant is actually from here, born here. His dad is Harvey Grant, former Blazer. He, he was probably only here for a couple of years in his childhood, but you know it is it is a place he has been before, and his dad has has played here, and he's also a Syracuse guy. So I, I love Jeremy Grant <laughs> for that. But um, 
that's the kind of player that I'm looking for, like a, a front court player with length who can score 20 a game and play some defense. That's exactly what this Blazers teams need. Blazers team needs. So that's, I'm really attracted to the idea of bringing Grant in if you can. Doesn't have to be by this deadline, by the way, because he's still going to be open to trade talks in the offseason. But, I mean, it, it, whatever the case may be, like you can go after DeAndre Ayton, right? The Suns are probably going to match whatever offer hits DeAndre Ayton. He's a restricted free agent this year. But you're telling me that DeAndre Ayton doesn't make this team immediately that much better? Sign him to a max contract at, you know, at, at his younger player scale and you get a much better offensive center than you have with Nurk and a, and a good defensive center as well, maybe equal to Nurk. And you get younger too. And, and that's another part of this that, you know, wrapping it all into one is you can kind of play both sides of the coin here is Damian Lillard obviously wants to stay here as much as whatever you read on social media and people telling him to leave the amount of times he said he's staying is every time. So except for like once where he was like, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. That was, you know, a year ago at this point, you've got a couple years left, two, three, four years left with Damon is prime. And now that he's coming off the surgery, I imagine he'll be ready and raring to go next year and, and get back to his, you know, potential MVP level of play. If you go get good younger players and it doesn't work and Dame is done and wants to leave, then you can reset with that core with Simons and Little because you've played both sides of the coin. You don't need to go get a couple other high 20, low 30 somethings to pair with Dame. And then if it doesn't work, he bounces and you're stuck with bad old contracts. You can play both sides of the coin. And I think that's something that would be really, really smart of Joe Cronin to do if he can. Of course, you need you need those players to, to be available in trade or want to sign here or whatever the case is. But I think if I was Joe Cronin, that's what I would be trying to do right now is play both sides. Get Dame a team that will be better structured to win in the, in the current day NBA, but also hedge just in case he gets frustrated and wants to leave. I just like having options. I feel like the last few years you've just been stuck with contracts and players and not even being able to have these conversations. And now that Cronin has the ability to make this team his own and kind of, you know, this is like that 90-day grace period when you get hired, right? How well do you perform? And we'll see if we keep you on long-term and so far by getting rid of these contracts and setting up these options that you have going into the off season, he's done a great job. And now it's just, can you capitalize on it? And I mean, granted, we'll see what happens with the lottery draft picks, you know, what happens with the Pelicans the rest of the way, but just putting yourself in this position is what makes me happy. But the end result, what it, what will come of it is, you know, really going to matter in the end. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the most important part. That's what's still nerve wracking is that the thought of the Blazers will still screw this up. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. hard not to think like that after the last however many years, but at the moment I'm reinvigorated. I'm not like a full on Blazer fan. Like I, I somebody asked me who my team is. I, I'll, I'll say the Blazers when, when people ask me that I pull for the Blazers. I'm not like a true fan. I don't, you know, feel the need to watch every game. And I'm not like screaming at the TV when they're playing well or poorly, but I used to be a Nets fan and I kind of lost the NBA for 10 years in the middle of my life. And then, you know, I moved out here and I, I really 
grew to love the Blazers. Um, I'm not even a true fan, and I feel reinvigorated. And I imagine that, like, for you, Joe, or for those out there listening, maybe there are some of you who feel battered by this and feel kind of like, oh, my God, it's, it, everything I've known and loved is gone from this team. But from what I've seen for most people is it's finally something is happening. There's change. There's a potential for change. It's not hearing the same thing over and over. It's not tinkering with these, uh, you know, fourth tier players that may or may not make the team a little bit better. It's not being sold down the river of, oh, look at Cody Zeller and his defense will be good for the second unit and, you know, whatever Milo Shea said this year about the team. Uh, It's like, this is bad. This has been done poorly and we need to fix this immediately. And how do we do that? We blow it all up in the best chance that we have. This is not the exact perfect example, but this is similar to the Warriors of a couple years ago when Clay was hurt and Steph was the only one healthy and even he got hurt in the middle of the year and the Warriors sucked. They were really, really bad. I think Draymond was hurt too. And they wound up getting James Wiseman. You know, what were they, like the second pick in the draft that year? Second or third? Yeah, yeah, second or third. And they got a top-tier talent out of college and they did a quick reset, and they got themselves healthy, and they got themselves back into the playoff picture. And now they have a good young player who you can either trade to a team and get another great player or is going to be a good young player growing with the team. The Blazers now have that option twice if the Pelicans fall in that range because the Blazers have their pick this year. It's lottery protected, and they are definitely going to be in the lottery. And if the Pelicans finish 5-14 to 14 in the lottery, then they'll have that pick as well. They can trade both of those. They can draft players and use that as assets. They can draft players and say, hey, we're going to build up these guys to kind of mix in with the Simons little whatever core that they're going to create for the future. They've got options. The world is their oyster, and it's fantastic. It always felt like the Blazers were stuck in such a bad spot that their options were like... They were. Well, but I mean, like you, you remember like talking in the off season, like, what can they do? What can they do? And everything was like, Nothing. they don't have enough money. No one's going to take CJ or he's not trading CJ and all, all this kind of stuff. Now it's like everything is possible. Yes. Thank the Lord. And it might not be perfect and it might not wind up perfect, but right now it feels really good. One classic Blazers move. Got a lot of hope to sell now. Yes. But <laughs> for the first time, it feels like real hope, right? They wanted the best of doing that. For the first time, it feels like real hope. All right, let's uh, wrap the show up next. This is Hot Corner with Mike and Joe today on The Fan. This is The Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. All right, last segment here. Just a couple minutes left in the show today. Patrick will be back next week. Beers on Us podcast will drop on Friday this week, most likely, as he is out of town. And uh, we're talking some Blazers, talked some baseball with John in the uh, top of this hour with the Mariners, talked a little lockout stuff, hoping beyond hope. We talked about hope last segment. All of a sudden, there's a lot of hope to sell for Blazer fans, but uh, right now there's not a lot of hope to sell for baseball fans, so. You know, 
It's really depressing. I, I ha- I'm starting to become. Are you watching the Coyotes in there? Oh, I thought this was the channel the Blazers are on. The Blazers are beating the Lakers, so I was going to laugh at the Lakers for a bit. Oh, you're watching the Kraken. In oh, the okay. All right. What's the what's what root plus again? Twelve fifty three or something. I don't know. I just saw the Coyotes. Uh, Look at that! It is jersey, and I'm like, my God, why are you doing? That? No, it's it was a Kraken game. Yeah, the Blazers are winning eighty seven to eighty one in the fourth over this Lakers team. Hell yeah, let's go! <laughs> I love it. How bad are the Lakers, dude? Yes. You know when uh, when Wob is uh, tweeting about it, it's big. Rob, uh, per- Rob Perez, that is. Straight into my veins. I had a, a friend of mine message me on Instagram today, and he's just one of the biggest trash talkers, loud mouths that I've ever met in my entire life. And he's a Lakers fan. Go figure. Yeah, okay. And he was just like, hey, Fish, hope you're doing good. And I know that the Blazers suck right now, but I uh, hope you're uh, doing well, yada, yada, yada. Did you go go back to him and say, my team sucks. Look at the Lakers. <laughs> I might. I might have to do that after tonight. Like, just like I said, just finish this off. LeBron James, <laughs> Anthony Davis, and you lose to a bunch of G League players? Well, and the Lakers are probably thinking, too, like, okay, thank God. Westbrook isn't playing tonight. Okay, mm-hmm. so things should be a little bit better tonight. We don't have to worry about him. Well, well, well. well. <laughs> Russ always played pretty well against the Blazers. So I was going to say, I've reached a point Dude. of, like, about to get depressed about baseball. Uh, you rightfully so. Yeah. If like, you want, I, I want fantasy baseball drafts to start. I want to start. Well, from, I told you I want to play fantasy baseball this year. If you have I, the open slot I know, in your league. I yeah. know. I don't know if we do. I I saw an email that said your, your league's been opened up again, and I was like, why? We don't know what's <laughs> happening. There's no baseball yet. No, the fantasy hockey league has uh, rejuvenated my day-to-day, week-to-week fantasy grind, and Sitting in second place in fantasy hockey. And there you go. So why the hell can't I get it done in baseball? You know what I found out today? That we can't play DraftKings Daily Fantasy in the state, even though DraftKings now runs the Oregon Lottery's sportsbook. We can't? No, because I, I was like, oh, like let me take a look. I used to do Daily Fantasy Baseball all the time, and I was just going to look what it looked like and just do like a, a $1 NBA one just to see how it went. And it was like, we can't find your location and I reset everything, and I had location services on, and I looked online. Yeah, for whatever reason, there's no Daily Fantasy here, even though we now have it from DraftKings. Or or I'm an idiot, but either way, I don't think you can do it. Could be that. But uh, I'm just glad that we have some semblance of gambling here in the state. Yes, and the DraftKings app is a lot of fun, and they got a lot of good uh, promos on there. So definitely check it out if you're interested in that. The, the change has been very beneficial for those of us who like sports betting. That's going to do it for us today. Flesh Swap Tires podcast where you can find the show afterwards. And we'll be back next Wednesday, 7 to 9, full crew on the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.